0: Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. Guilty as charged. Most of you probably think that I have a second home or a primary home in the Nordics and and primarily in Stockholm because I just just have such an affinity for the people there, the innovation, and just all the conversations I had, I just, I'm, I'm fascinated with what the culture is doing when they think about innovation and education and technology and sustainability, um, just very comprehensive approach. So again, in that same vein, I'm having another conversation with a a new friend of mine from Stockholm, who actually, as we're recording this, is in <laughs> is in the Big Apple in New York. So uh, we're just having an American conversation here. I'm spending time with Monica Farageas-Lundström. I hope I got that. as close as I could, Monica. She's a CEO and co-founder of Boxnook. Um, We met at Sting. We've talked about Sting in the past, which is the Stockholm Innovation and Growth Accelerator, rated as like the top in the world. So it's an incredible place. Um, All right, Monica. So let's, for the audience, give them the 10,000 foot view of Boxnook and sort of the why, not just sort of what it does and what the offering is, but sort of the context of why Why did you come up with this? Uh, What was missing? Did you feel in the market? And why was it the right time for you to launch it?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, just to start, uh, BookSnook is a reading app for children's books. So we target young children up to nine years old focusing on picture books. And I mean, the reason that we started BookSnook was generally because, I mean, I was such an avid reader when I was a child. I, I loved reading more than anything. I could read one book a day. Uh, And just, you know, following the trend with kids today reading less than ever before for me uh, is really bothering me. (laughs) And I really want to be a part of of changing that that aspect since it's so important for developing language and vocabulary and just, you know, preparing yourself for life. So, I mean, one part of it was just following the trend and just feeling like something had to be done. Uh, And the other aspect was, you know, I'm an engineer (laughs) in the beginning. Uh, so I have a very big interest for the tech area as well. And just, you know, following the, the development of screen time, the amount of time that kids today spend on screens, you know, several hours per day spent on screens for young children today. Uh, was also something that I found was really interesting. Um, and, you know, you know, it's fantastic in many ways, but it also led to the screen time debate, parents not knowing how to handle this. But at the end of the day, it's not necessarily the time itself that's the problem. It's what you do with it. But there's so much time spent on video and games, which can be difficult to handle for young children with all the quick impressions. So that's where we felt like, you know, if you have this negative trend in reading, which is so important to actually uh, turn around for us, you know, in in the bigger picture. And then you have all this time spent on screens. Then we felt like, you know, there, there have to be a place for reading in this arena, Uh, So we basically started BookSnook to make um, reading really, you know, entertaining for kids in in the digital era to make it actually competitive compared to video and games.
0: Talk about the experience. So if if I've got a young child that is going to start to sort of walk into the proverbial world of BookSnook, what is the experience like and how is it different than what they have already, I guess, historically experienced from a screen perspective?
1: Yeah, so it's uh, the experience is built on the fact that the kids will be able to use it by themselves, even if they're young and they can't read on their own. Uh, so the big, uh, the books have a read out loud function. Uh, some of them have highlighted text. Some of them have animations uh, so that you can actually experience the, book, the magical world of books by yourself. So you don't necessarily need to have your parents with you. And I mean, that's the, the foundation, because otherwise you can't really switch from screen time and video to screen time with books. And so that's how we make it more accessible, even for young children, to be able to experience it by themselves.
0: Do you think that we needed uh, an updated version or definition of what engagement means, what it is? Because I love that little transition, what you're talking about. Like, in this sense, the way I'm interpreting what you're saying is that if you didn't think about the way in which they were going to engage, it would be a much harder sort of jump to go back and forth. And we already know they're engaged in games and these sorts of things. So you've got to find ways in which they can experience three dimensionally the power of reading?
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting to understand what is the power of reading and how can you actually use the the potential that you have in a technical platform when you compare it to the physical books? Because I mean, the physical books will always be around, but there are some advantages uh, with the technical platforms as well. Uh, And I think that there is so much interesting thoughts that we have thinking about how you can actually innovate within the reading experience to see how that actually can help children finding their desire to read.
0: What, tell me about so you had a uh, this sort of voracious n- nature of, of reading as a kid. You wanted to read all the time. Uh, so when you sort of try to maybe almost close your eyes and think about what you have built here, what what is sort of the young Monica? What do you think the young Monica would be doing within Booksnook? Like how how would you be experiencing it? How do you maintain the quality? And is there something for you that when you you feel like ah, we've got it. Because of the technology, the engagement, the way in which people you think will 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 interact with it. How do you match those two?
1: I think one part of it would probably be that I would be more engaged with books, especially at a younger age, because I could actually take part of it by myself. I mean, we're four kids in my family. I have three siblings. Uh, so we had, you know, our parents had to put a lot of attention <laughs> into every time, you know, so just being able to actually enjoy that world by myself even before I could read on my own would be obviously a really important fact uh, but I also remember you know uh, one of my favorite uh, book series was uh, I think it's called His Dark Matters in English from by Philip Pullman it's like a three book series and I just remember you know having to wait for the next one for like a couple of weeks at the library
0: Anticipation. So I think the
1: other aspect is just you know getting access to all of these fantastic books in one place you can actually just Find the next one immediately so you don't you know you're not actually um, dependent on the fact that you have like 10 books in your house that you haven't read yet uh, so i think for me just you know finding more new books that i could read in one place would be like fantastic
0: yeah, mine was choose your own adventure books. I love those as a young boy to be able yeah. to think, gosh, am I going to scale the mountain or am I going to go into the deep sea? You know, like just that yeah. cho- the choice alone was great. Um, let's talk about sort of the market reaction to what you have built. Tell me a little bit about the competitive landscape and how much education goes into educating the market, the consumer about what it is, and maybe more importantly, what Books Nook is not. Because I think sometimes that's just as important
1: yeah, I think the I mean one of the things that we definitely focus on is just you know talking to parents about screen time and what it actually means for children because I mean, uh, there's a lot of discussion on what does it actually mean for children when they spend so much time on screen. So that's like one of the main focuses that we have, you know, explaining that it's better for the children to you know get access to a lot of books so they can actually develop a love of reading. Uh, than watching a video game. it's much better if they do that and I mean the, the main you know goal that we have is just you know getting kids to love reading and in that case we need to explain that it's better for them to have books accessible than them spending it on on video and that's actually nice for the kids to actually have, a place where they can find new books uh, all along
0: and and how, you know, many, how many books are in there monica how, What's talk about sort of the access i mean how much would a child have access to
1: uh we have a couple of thousand titles uh, wow. i mean today we're present in mainly sweden and then we are also uh, present on the german market but i mean there are a lot of titles uh, fantastic titles as well i mean picture books are so i mean they're so pretty and it's fantastic to be able to show them in a new way uh, on a tablet, as an example, as we are present on smartphones and tablets as well.
0: And so talk about the competition. I know I, I I interrupted there, but talk a little bit about sort of where the competition is, because what's interesting and when you're talking is that I would think part of the magic is the the amount of titles, the quality of titles that in essence, if you've sort of hooked me as a child in and I'm really experiencing the power of reading within within Booksnook, well, now I'm going to want more right? And yeah. so it's, you're sort of filling the top of the funnel in that way so that then they can start to, it becomes almost more of a daily habit or you we're creatures of habit anyway, right? So if we're going to do that and be on a screen, let's do something that's positive and that we can so show growth over time.
1: Exactly. Uh, and I mean, that's also what we're targeting. I mean, we are looking into how can we actually switch the screen time. So it's, I mean, our main competitors are other apps that take time for kids on the screen, such as, you know, Netflix, YouTube, Disney, exactly. Um, So that's why, I mean, one of our uh, main focuses is, you know, building the best app in the world that's focusing just on children and children's reading. So being just that niche product, because children, um, as we all know, when they're three and when they're five, they are two completely different people when it comes to cognitive (laughs) abilities. And you need to be able to adapt um, uh, the app to that sense in order for us to be relevant to all of different, uh, all the different age categories as well. So, I mean, what we really do is that we are very niched in the age category that we focus on so that we can be the best alternative that there is for reading uh, on the tablet.
0: So let's talk a little bit about being an entrepreneur. Well, tell me about, yeah. <laughs> as you, I know the audience can't see you, but just the reaction you had when I asked that. Uh, <laughs> so it's, t- tell me it's sort of what have you learned about yourself primarily? You know, I think what's fascinating is people will have a dream. This may not be you. You have a dream, you want to start something, and then you find out very quickly that. What you do on a day-to-day basis might be slightly different than what you dreamed. Uh, um, It's just part of the process, the maturation process of an entrepreneur. So what have you learned about yourself from the origin of the idea to sort of where you are now?
1: Um, I think one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, you can do so much more things than you thought of yourself from the beginning. I know that one of our uh, first employees mentioned pretty early on, he was like, but you have to remember, Monica, this is like the first time I'm doing this. And I was like, but, you know, most things that we do, we do the first time. (laughs) just need to be really good at understanding how are we supposed to solve this new problem. Uh, And I think just being creative is a very important part of it. Uh, But just also realizing if you can just calculate your first steps, you will be able to move forward. Um, so I think that was one of the things because, I mean, you know, having studied for five years, you think that you need to have, you know, everything, you know, in the project plan, ready, set, you know, what you're going to do in like six, 12 months. It's just, you know, be clear of what your vision is, where you're heading and just keep taking the first steps that you're supposed to take. <laughs> I think that would be uh, one of them. Definitely.
0: Talk about your relationship to anxiety. I think that as an entrepreneur, those first stressful moments can tell a lot about the path of the entrepreneur and the way in which you handle them. Because to your point, you can set up for five years and have your plan and everything looks really nice and tidy. (laughs) And then life happens, Uh, downturns in markets, you know, all kinds of things can happen to a a company. And I think that those anxious moments can sort of, you can come out sort of built of granite, you know, if you have a, a good putting in the way in which you understand yourself and the way in which you handle anxiety and stress and communicate that out to a team. So what did what tell me about the relationship to anxiety and your ability to tolerate more rather than less?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the, th- the things that I really had to learn during these years is, you know, just accepting that you're not really going to know what's going to happen in like 6 to 12 months and you just need to find some sort of stability in that feeling. And, that, and, you know, the belief that you're going to be able to figure it out and just feeling that uh, has made it a lot easier, to be honest, because, I mean, in the beginning, especially when we started having employees, that was a really big difference because then you actually are responsible for someone else. When it was just me, it was a completely different feeling. Uh, but I, I think that just realizing that we've gone through so many things and we actually been able to handle it, that has put a lot of, like, stability for myself, so it made it easier But I also think that like one of the things that we really did in the beginning was, you know, you just put your best face on and you're just not going to talk about like challenges. But then you realize, I mean, the first people who join you, they're here for the journey. Uh, It's better to just, you know, have an open discussion and just let them be a part of what's happening. And that's going to be easier for everyone involved. Uh, So I think that was also the realization that you don't really need to put your best face on every day, you can actually be open about some of the challenges that you have and that way they actually become more loyal. And um, so I think that, you know, just thinking in the beginning that I needed to have all of the answers and realize that I really don't need to have all the answers, some of them, but it's good if someone else actually come with the ideas that, that help us with many of the answers that we need.
0: Monica, you mentioned there, which I love, you talked about sort of, once you bring on employees, the sense of responsibility shifts dramatically. Yeah how has that i've seen different responses from an entrepreneur from entrepreneurs meaning that if in essence you're working on your own and you don't have employees you're going to make decisions about the company in the technology the development sort of the way in which you're going to forecast out what you want to have done by when but the minute that you start to have employees that can have an impact on the decisions you make for yeah. the product the offering the go to market strategy you may feel like you have to go sooner rather than later because you need investment There are some real decisions that are impacted by having employees relative to just sort of this pie in the sky. Here's my offering and, you know, it's my baby. Um, Talk about that that relationship between the technology and the platform and the experience and the real decisions you have to make to make sure that the company is viable, that employees are taken care of. Because it is very different. You can sort of risk it as the solo entrepreneur, but it can be different when you have a team.
1: Yeah, and let's see if I get the question right. Uh, but I think one of the things that obviously, as you mentioned, I mean, when you start a company, it's your baby. It's like you think of it, it day and night when you wake up, when you go to bed all the time and your dreams are like so big, etc. Um, and I think uh, it's obviously always a challenge when you bring another person on and then they're going to have, you know, sort of like uh, someone else having opinions on your parenting, you know, like, no, we think you should do this but you're like, in this sense, my company. Uh, And I mean, in the beginning, it's just, you know, realizing that you need to take a step back. And the thing with, you know, collective intelligence, if that's what it's called in English, I think it is, um, is that you need to have more perspectives because the more perspectives that you have, the better the product is. Because, I mean, we're four engineers starting this company. We're a pretty um, similar group. We need other perspectives. Otherwise, we will not be able to actually build the best part that there is out there but that's obviously really difficult you know when you you think of everything you know everything about everything in the beginning and then you sort of need to l- let someone in and give them uh, responsibility because otherwise they won't stay and that means that you need to you know let someone else do some of the parenting for your you know company and that's really challenging and i i you know we still work on that every day uh, but it, it it is a necessary part of the progress
0: um, yeah it, it that that role of control right whether we know it or not it when it's <laughs> our baby to start, right? We, yeah, <laughs>
1: it's really difficult. Really It gets, difficult.
0: It gets really difficult. Uh, let's yeah. talk about sort of where the company is currently, how many customers, or sort of the growth, the how mature the company is at this point in time, and what your what your hope is looking for. Not the three to five years, but sort of what the hope is. You talked about obviously being in Sweden and in Germany. Talk a little bit about sort of the plan moving forward based on where we are right now.
1: Yeah, but I mean, uh, we launched in Sweden like uh, in the summer of 2020. So uh, we've been focusing mainly on the Swedish markets until like six months ago when we launched in Germany. Uh, so the idea is now that we're still focusing on the, the markets that we have, which is the German-speaking market and the Swedish markets, um, to be, to build a, a good foundation on those markets. But I mean, in the end of the day, what we are dreaming about is making, you know, reading one of the top uh, entertainment forms for kids globally so of course we are having really high ambitions when it comes to scaling globally as well uh, since that I think that you know my sincere uh, I'm just so certain that reading really has a natural part in everyday life for young children you just need to figure out how to reach the children in the best way uh, with that entertainment form
0: yeah there's There's a rhythm to reading. I mean, it really is its own language in that way. and it's wonderful when you see, hopefully it's your own children, but it's also children just in general that they themselves want to read, right. It's not something that's forced upon them, which so many of us have yeah. experienced
1: and that's really one of our like uh, the things that we talk a lot about a lot because it's easy to go, you know, from Uh, reading for pleasure to, you know, going into education, you need to read, you need to do these things. But, I mean, we're focusing on, you need to find the desire to read from the children themselves because if you force it upon them, they will not continue reading. But I think, like, um, if you ever have read a book and you just remember the magical world you experienced within your own head and the fantasy, you know that the time you see the movie version of that book, it's never going to beat the book. And that's, you know... That's like my conviction because it is that strong, the the feeling that you get when you actually experience a book in your own mind. Uh, And that's, for me, uh, is always better than television or video or whatever. And that's what what we're really trying to convey.
0: It's the power of our own mind and the creative landscape and canvas that we have, uh, we can paint with. To your point, (laughs) I want to make sure people can find you, Monica, and the company. Where should they go on social media?
1: Um, I mean, we have Jimmy uh, do you mean for me or like uh, books? No? Wherever,
0: however you want people to get connected to you and the company.
1: Yeah. Then, then LinkedIn would be like the perfect uh,
0: place. Okay. And then they can also go to the website, which is, uh, do you want to give the, the website? I don't know if there are different iterations based on countries or what would be the best location for the audience?
1: I think it would be for the website, it would be booksnook.se.
0: Booksnook.se. Well, what a pleasure to see you again, Monica. Um, Welcome to the US. I hope you're enjoying your time. New York in the fall is uh, an amazing experience for for Americans and those across the world to to come and and spend time walking through Central Park as the leaves change. So I'm jealous. I'm jealous, Monica. (laughs) We want to thank Monica. Andreas, I tried this. (laughs) She's the CEO and co-founder of Booksnook. What a pleasure to reconnect with you. Got to meet you at Staying, the uh, Stockholm Innovation and Growth, and just so many great conversations. I encourage people to check out booksnook.se. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. This concludes another chapter of On Balance. Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger.